pale horse. The man who sat on him was dead. And hell followed with him. You're killing me, man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Declarations of War podcast. I'm your host, Alexei Avkar, joined today by Artemis Alvosa. Howdy, howdy. Thank you out there for joining us. First off, I want to give a shout-out to Torkin from the Capitalist Army, who donated a sizable chunk of change to our war chest for the upcoming campaign. Uh, very excited about this campaign. It's going to be the first outing for a lot of these Capitalist Army pilots. And thanks to Twerkin, we've got some money to replace the ships they will inevitably lose in glorious combat. I also want to give a shout-out to Jack Carrigan for an excellently run Spectre Fleet yesterday. I'll be talking about that a little bit more down later in the show. Ooh, building the suspense. My shout-out today is to Arkantantix. Court made a mine, he knows why. Our poll was, if your favorite ship got nerfed at a balance patch, would you leave the game? Obviously, this is directly referring to the carrier patch that got everybody in such a tizzy. And, thankfully, our audience is not that hyperbolic. 100% of our audience would say, of course not. It's just a ship balance patch. We would never leave over that. Yeah. I'm happy with that result as well. I think it... uh... Although I, we may be oversimplifying the rage in the summer of whining, it was more well, of fed up with everything. But it was it was everything. But that was like the the inciting incident, right? That was like the big thing. Oh, people are they're nerfing carriers. So why aren't they doing anything about all this other stuff? It was the carrier nerf that really got people. Mm. Got the jimmies rustling. <laughs> Moving into some top stories, it covered many places, but uh, Providence attempted to launch a Keepstar this past week. Didn't really go too well. Um, there was an attempt. There, there was an attempt, my new favorite subreddit. <laughs> there was an attempt to anchor a Keepstar. Um, apparently they had built up all this money for said Keepstar, had been saving it, and an FC came on that hadn't really been paying attention to the wider game lately. I was just like, oh, I, I guess we need to deploy this thing. Okay, well, let's try to sneak it in. And by sneak it in, I mean deploying it in European primetime. Like, within full view of everyone ever. <laughs> <laughs> so people came in looking for a good time and they found it. Yeah, that uh, an interesting choice. I've heard many a speculation and rumor about the backstory of how it was organized, how they expected to defend the thing, if they even planned on doing so. Uh, they did plan on doing so. The word from Yin is that the FC thought that he would, if anything, you know, maybe they would just get a good fight out of it. He didn't really understand the scale of attention that such a structure would draw because he just hadn't been watching that part of the game lately. Mm. So he was just totally unprepared for the level of interest and attack, like 
size of the attacking forces that would come their way. I'm sure he probably just figured they would fight like a 100 or 200 man fleet. Yeah. Pretty optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of optimism, if you've been banned from the EVE Online forums in the past few years, you have a new reason for hope. The new forums have been launched, and as part of this, CCP has basically issued pardons to all prior forum bans. Or at least most of them, anyway. So if you had been banned from the EVE forums, you may now try the new forums, which supposedly will have less slash better moderation, but it seems like most, if not all, of the rules seem exactly the same. Unclear on how that is going to work. But the new forums look very pretty. I, oh, yeah. I haven't been much into forums in the past couple of years, ever since Slack and Reddit got into my life. I haven't really been a forum warrior like I used to be. Um, but they're, they're good forums. The software that they're using is really, really strong. I like that they're sticking with the dark theme. Uh, a lot of complaints come from especially EVE Online players. If you go with uh, non-Night View, I think is the term that is used most often. Theme for your forums and or what have you. But the the theme itself, the design of it is very slick. I think it very much harkens to Discord as far as the font, the styling, just sharp lines, sort of a very much a slate background, slate colored, slate textured background. I like it. And it's, it's not clear like what custom stuff they've added, but the forum software they're using is called Discourse. It's open software. Um, it's really solid. Like, unless you're willing to shell out insane amounts of money for like a super ultra deluxe cutting edge custom platform, or not custom as in like you design it yourself, but like the company that you buy it from makes all those changes for you, then it's pretty much the best you can get forum wise. So it'll be interesting to see how it evolves after the launch. But the the foundation is strong, I'll say that. And yes, it looks very pretty. And looks like it'll be uh, sort of a breeze to navigate. The only drawback I found was that um can no longer click dev and CSM tags to go to the next dev or CSM post in a thread. I do miss that, and I hope they bring it back. I had not noticed that yet. Yeah, I was checking out one of the new dev blogs, and I was like, oh, cool. Let me see what the, the latest update is. And I clicked the tag. It's like, oh, it's not working. Nothing I'm clicking is working for this. I, 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 want the, I don't want to have to scroll through all these bubby posts. I want the devs. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't know how widely used that feature was. Um, maybe if it was popular, they'll bring it back. I hope so. Have you gone through the onboarding flow for the new forums, Artemis? I have no idea what that means. I'm not going to lie. Oh, you can get like certificates and stuff now if you go through the tutorial. Oh, really? Yeah. You can be a licensed forum poster. Mmm. Is that sort of like having a permit to mine in HiSec? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It uh, 
I found it interesting that instead of forum.eveonline.com, I don't know if they're going to migrate over to that once they retire the old forums, but currently it's meta.eveonline.com. I found that I thought one. that was a nice touch. Yeah. I'm very happy, I know, when the CSM notes, the CSM minutes first came out from their summits about the new forums, a lot of people were concerned that it wasn't going to be tied to characters, that the character bazaar wasn't going to be possible, that... Um, you couldn't really roleplay as your character on the forums or anything like that. And it seems like CCP really took the community and CSM feedback to heart. They went back to the drawing board, they found a way to make it work, and now you do you log in with your account and then you choose a character to view the forums as. And I'm very happy they made that change. Yeah, likewise. That was one of my big concerns about their proposed forum remake, detaching your forum account from your character account. Because it was the one defining feature of the e-forums was that you could, you know, definitely be, like you could read posts definitely from that character as opposed to many other sites where people are just creating accounts and they're likely the same person because, you know, you never know. But sometimes they're not, sometimes the names aren't exact and uh, like on Reddit, for instance, sometimes people are using accounts that they made prior to Eve. It's much better to have this one, like, source of truth type place. Moving on. Not everything is sunshine and lollipops at CCP. But they are gummies. CCP Larrikin has been sent a literal bag of dicks to eat in possibly the greatest story to come out of the EVE Online community in the past several weeks. He got a package... It went to Icelandic Customs. They were like, hey, we don't really know what to make of this, but it hasn't paid the customs duties, so we're calling you about it. And he was like, oh, well, I didn't really order anything. Please open it for me. They opened it up. And what do we find? Glitter, penis-shaped gummies. And what was the other penis-shaped item? Uh, confetti. Yes, penis confetti. So he basically got dick and glitter bombed and then was given some uh, gummy dicks to chew on. <laughs> and the Icelandic customs officers actually had to type these phrases out and send them in an official Icelandic government communication. Brilliant. Apparently not the only time CCP has been sent a bag of dicks, but certainly in my view, the funniest. Indeed, the creativity here, I am quite astounded by. Well, the, the dedication kind of as well. Yeah, it's not the kind of thing you'd expect from somebody who gets super worked up about something that CCP has done. The timing of this in particular being right after the summer of whining. Sort of like the people who are getting really worked up there, you're wondering, okay, are they just sort of lashing out, throwing all their anger at a forum and calling it a day? This, they definitely showed some thought. They thought, how can I make this the symbol that I want it to be to express my frustration with CCP. And I think they hit the mark spot on. Apparently there is an entire site where you can order these. If anyone is so interested, I'm sure a Google search will provide it for you. Next time your favorite League of Legends champion gets nerfed, for instance. <laughs> 
the next time CCB has to make a uh, balance patch for the EVE economy. Okay. Um, things were not happening in EVE, and all of a sudden it seems like things are starting to happen in EVE. Summer is heating up, and things are getting busy. Everyone is starting to brawl. And really, I think this undercuts the fact that people have been starting to brawl prior. Like We've talked for a couple podcasts straight that there have been various uh, like dread bombs and super fights and you know the, the pravi thing like stuff is happening now more things are, are continuing to happen um, first we'll start small in Great Wildlands a follow up to our previous story the what I'm calling the Not Red Reign of Silence Coalition True Rain, Silent Infinity, and several other Not Red, Don't Shoot It entities in Great Wildlands teaming up try to establish a network of citadels within the region to make it more livable. If you're not familiar with Great Wildlands, it is possibly the shittiest region in the game in terms of geography. It has three NPC stations basically right next to each other, like within three or four jumps of high sec, or excuse me, of low sec, and then it has no other stations in the entire region, including like 20 jump stretches of no place to dock. Uh, it's And some of the warps are extremely, extremely long. <laughs> so it is one of the weirdest, just ass-backwards regions in the world, very pear-shaped. Um, but with Citadels, you know, now it's... It's possible for players to go in and change the geography to our will. And those wills are clashing right now as they're going up against what's known as Chemo Coalition. Chemoco, Designed to rid Great Wildlands of the cancer of these remote outposts. Some phenomenal branding there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you've got uh, True Rain, Silent Infinity, and they're, uh, they're not red, don't shoot it guys, versus the very not blue shoot it crew of Nulsechnaya, Rokapel, Straight Jacket Bears, and a few other entities. Obviously, if you know anything about these guys, NSH, Rokapel especially, very well-known names. Rokapel, very established alliance, used to live in Syndicate, now they're in GW. Um, they're PvPers. True Rain are also PvPers, but they're much smaller. They've been living in Great Wildlands for like 10 years or something ridiculous like that. Wow. And Silent Infinity are one of the least combat experienced Providence alliances. To their credit, they're doing this initiative to try to fix that. But they're still definitely not quite in the same caliber as some of the guys they're going up against to have capital and super capital forces they can draw on. So it's been a steady loss of territory for Not Red Reign of Silence, and they're finally up against the wall. Their last remaining Fortazar has been reinforced and will be coming out on the 4th of July. So they've been putting down Astra Houses and a few market Fortazars. The Fortazars had been taken down. This is the last one, but they are quite determined to make a stand for it. And the force that... Reinforced it. Honestly, I, I saw the, the screenshot of it. Not that insurmountable. So we could have the makings for a very interesting brawl down there. 
What, and, uh, uh, what time is this brawl for someone who may or may not be interested in third partying on a day off? Uh, I believe it, I have to check. I believe it's the early AMs, like 02 or 03. Mm. So, like, Monday night on. Pacific. Bada boom. I'm going to be there for sure. I'm going to see if I can hop anybody off with my Megas. Actually, no, probably I'll take a jackdaw. Take a jackdaw and just, like, kite at the end and see who I can whore on. <laughs> Are you uh, are you there cheering on the defenders, or are you simply just there to get on as many kill mills as possible and tag the Fortazar as it goes down? I suppose. Well, capitalist army is committed to you know establishing these trade hubs in dangerous space like Great Wildlands. Uh, I I definitely sympathize with the goals of the defenders. Their plan for Great Wildlands I think is pretty cool, and I would like to see it succeed. Mm -hmm. My corp doesn't have a lot of military power yet, but you know. We'll be down there. We'll participate. We'll see what's going on. Uh, it's more of a uh, thinking with heart and not head kind of thing because just pure numbers, uh, there's really very little chance that NSH or Capel and all these guys are going to allow them to do what they want. And they certainly haven't been very successful so far at beating them back. But... I would like to see them succeed, and we're going to go down there and at least participate and see what's up. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, come with the understanding that things are not going to go well, This just having fun, it's just for experience, then actually expect to win. Uh, but if they do win, it'd be quite an accomplishment, I think. Indeed. Well, MC is not very far away from the Great Wildlands, at least not as far away as we have been in recent past, because we've deployed down to Conid. Well, Conid on the edge of Aquarius, that is. Uh, we're down on contract, we've been blopsing and skirmishing and third-partying and generally having a good old time in the summer. Uh, I don't know what's going on, my guess is that a bunch of entities just sort of simultaneously realized, hey, Aquarius Fight Club, this is a bunch of relatively small, supposedly PvP-focused organizations, all in a relatively easily accessible region down south. It's right next to a couple of big groups. You've got Providence just above it. You've got Goons off to the west. You've got Legacy Co. off to the east. And that can lead to some pretty nice fights to third party on. All those fails, a great place to roam through, to skirmish with the locals. I'm thinking just people decided, hey, we need a summer deployment to have some funsies, and QFC looks like a good group to bash on. But So uh, this is a for-fun deployment for MC as opposed well, to a contract? For MC, we're on contract. As for the rest of the entities who are down there, I know MC, PL, PH are down there. We've seen some, some showings from Legacy Co., of course, Goonswarm is going to be out there. They are the backers of the Quarius Fight Club, so if anything super bad goes down, they, of course, have to step in, hold up the infrastructure, make sure those groups are able to continue doing their thing with their altered state of the game that is the Quarius Fight Club. So it's just all around lots of small and medium-sized and big fights happening. Things happen spur of the moment. Um... It's really weird. I have never been... It's 
what it is is what Syndicate was first described to me as. Just a place Ooh. where people show up and fights happen. <laughs> and I'm That's great, because sure Quirius was dead for the longest time. All of a sudden. You know, Aquarius was just not a happening place for quite a while. It was a pain to get to. Folks down there wouldn't fight. Now it seems like things are, are looking awesome, which is good. Indeed. It's always it's good the region to get revitalized like that. It seems like the the groups who have moved down, NCPOPH, they seem to be after good fights, of course, and then poking at some solve in the Aquarius Fight Club. Uh, well, you'll recall our prediction about which alliances are going to lose their sovereign the upcoming land grab. <laughs> Volt is number one on my list. They've actually managed to take some, in fact. PH recently established a beachhead, if you will. Actually, I won't use that term because that term was coined or utilized to describe Gehi, the place where a lot of uh, citadels died before one finally made its way through, and everybody's sort of like, ugh. Citadel mechanics are garbage, but I guess we're here now. And fights commenced. But yeah, things are happening down in Aquarius and Conid. Skirmishes are happening. Blops is happening. It's a fun time. Come on down. Everybody else is. I'm not sure why, but we can find out together. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. I, I, yeah, I think this has all the makings of an escalation, possibly, or a route, <clears throat> one way or the other. I don't think that the groups down there are going to be happy just poking for fun fights because, quite frankly, the Curious Fight Club will at some point get sick of providing them, and they'll have to poke Sob to get them then. And once they do, I don't think they're going to stop. I think they're going to push, 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 and try to get some of those sweet, sweet faction citadels. Not to mention the Blood Raiders, um, uh, the the Blood Raider shipyard content that lives down there. It's it's too tempting to not take. And if they're already down there, if they are already starting to poke Sov to get content, I think it's just a matter of time. And the question then becomes: Is Goonswarm going to be okay with that? I think the answer to that question is very definitely no. <laughs> So, if they're not going to be okay with it, to what level? Like, would this become a full-scale thing? Of like, no, we need to draw the line at Quirius. Yeah, you know, we actually need to commit our resources to kicking them out. Or is it, well, we'll fight them. But if they take Sav, like, it's something we can learn to live with. If it's the first one, then we could have a really, really awesome war. If it's the second one, it'll be okay, and probably pretty short, to be honest. And if they just let it go, then I think Volt is probably going to fold real quick once things start getting serious. Have we been given a firm date on the transition for the faction citadels? I cannot recall. Uh, we haven't, but it's sometime after the patch. So I predict late December, early January. Gotcha. Like Maybe. late December, but before Christmas. Quite the long lead up, but I guess if you've got a lower ADMs, then that's the thing you got to do. Well, and, you know, once you take it, you could hold it. And it's only a couple of months. People don't want to necessarily have to wait for all that content. Plus, it'll take some time to clear everything out. 
Yeah, but what are NCPL going to do with the space? Are they going to rent it out with two extremely hostile neighbors? Are they going to farm in it themselves? I don't I think mean, even they know yet. Um, keeping it sort of relies on having those ADMs to keep people from just reinforcing it on a whim, right? So The thing is, they only need to keep it till the patch switch over. Yeah, fair enough. Then they can extract that sweet, sweet Citadel meat. Once they... I mean, it's it's a question, right? It depends how valuable you feel like the Blood Raiders shipyards are, because that's content that's only available in that area. It's not available where they live currently. Mm-hmm. So if they want that stuff for their own members and feel like they need to have combat presence down there, Maybe you move your alliance into the area and you rent out the space that you have now up north. If you don't really care about that, you maybe just go in there, grab the faction citadels, and bolt. Or, you know, maybe they get pushed back by goons and nothing happens. Many options. (laughs) Maybe goons use the opportunity to let Volt collapse, then they attack and take the faction citadels for themselves. That's an option. I mean, uh, well, never mind. As it stands, I believe the under Aquarius Fight Club rules, the members themselves hold the solve, don't they? What do you mean? Like, uh, the solve itself is owned by whatever member alliance is participating in the Aquarius Fight Club, and then they fight over, like, pauses or something crazy like that. Oh, sure, but if one of those members gets knocked off by Horde and CPL and Goons comes in and takes that that space back, well, Mm -hmm. possession is nine-tenths the law. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, because already Goons are holding all the valuable money moons. I wouldn't be surprised if December rolls around, they're like, okay, guys, we're taking all of your stations, and don't worry, we'll give you some Fortazars in their place, but the faction stuff is ours. And there's not really much QFC members can do to stop that. I think uh, a bit of deception allowing members to collapse would be less healthy for the ecosystem itself and sort of rot the QFC from the inside out as opposed to just outright saying, okay, this stuff is ours. We're the ones defending your sob anyway. So thanks, but I don't know. It's an interesting situation. We'll have to see how it plays out in the coming weeks and months. Hopefully it is months. I would hate for this to be a short war. That would be the worst, I think. Short wars can be very explosive, though. Yeah, but if it's over in, like, two weeks, then we're going to have four or five months of people doing nothing while everybody waits for the patch to come around. Oh, they won't be doing nothing. They'll be participating in the Alliance tournament. Oh, yeah. Artemis, and it's about that, that time. Yeah. So, Alliance Tournament, I've been requested to hype and trash talk. So let's get into that. First of that's all... That's supposed to tell them that you were told to hype and trash talk, I Artemis. That's part of the hype and trash talking. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I am super hyped for the Alliance Tournament. Like, it was very difficult for me when we were writing up our show notes for this podcast to not just put in Alliance Tournament in there and just talk endlessly about it, about what MC is doing, about the teams that we're scrimming against, about the meta that seems to be evolving in test open practices, 
all the various stuff that's been going on behind the scenes, the new T3 changes, which should be dropping July 11th, therefore happening before the first weekend of the tournament, so those are going to be super interesting to play with. Like, Oh my god, I haven't even realized that. I am hyped. I cannot wait for this thing to happen. And I don't think anybody else who's been following the tournament could say anything different, because this tournament is looking to be explosive. And on that note, I want to discuss a few things about some of the teams. So obviously, I got to talk about MC. Um, it's my team. I'm on the team. I typically fly logic. That's what I do. I don't have the skills to fly anything else effectively, so they they tolerate my logistics piloting. And as many individuals know, if you've been following the tournament, MC lost a lot of our core to another team through various circumstances, and so we're effectively starting over. We're training up new pilots, many of them haven't flown in the tournament before, and so it's a lot of rebuilding. But fortunately, we did the same thing last year. Last year was our first year in the tournament, we did make it to top 16, we did relatively well for a new team, and so we got auto-bid auto back in, and we're looking to, uh, looking to reprise our role, do a little bit better if we can, but at the very least, get top 16 again so we don't have to worry about feeders or the silent auction or anything like that next year. But practice, as far as rebuilding is concerned, we're doing pretty well, if I have to say so myself. We're, we're winning scrims, at least semi-consistently, with teams which we think are top 16 material at the minimum. Um, Do you want to name drop some of the teams you've been scrimming against? I, I don't think many teams would be comfortable with that. I mean, of course, from last year, we, we scrimmed a lot with Ro or, pardon me, Ronin, the Ronin who are a very experienced, very uh, ingrained tournament team. They've been doing a lot of good work with us. They've helped us out a ton. So they are very, very skilled and strong pilots, very coordinated as a team, and we've been scrimming with them consistently, like on a weekly basis. We've been scrimming a lot with just about everybody who shows up with the test open practices. Um, a lot of random teams through just people on Thunderdome in the captain's channel saying, hey, our team is ready, we're here, anybody want to scrim with us? And so we'll pick up some dudes. We've scrimmed with Slice, Rote Capel, Shadow Cartel, Goonswarm Federation, um, many, many more whose names I forget. I'd have to go through our spreadsheets to find out exactly who. But we're... Sounds like a key element is that you've been screwing with many more diverse teams. Um, you know, when I was doing alliance tournament with Noir, for instance, we would get some of the same characters or same types of alliances. It seems like MC is able to tap into a wider variety of scrim partners, which should be great for you. Oh, absolutely, it's fantastic. Not only does it uh, sort of, if you scrim the same person over and over again, this is something we we're particularly worried about with internal scrims. Now we don't have enough dudes to do consistent internal scrimmages, which is something which more established teams like PL have relied on almost exclusively. Something I was concerned about in particular is you sort of get into your own head, you know the piloting style, the FCing style, the what have you of yourself, your own teammates, and so you can think that a particular comp is strong and a particular comp is weak simply because you haven't figured out how to fly it or because you know the way that your own teammates are going to fly and can counter appropriately. And flying other teams, not only does it expose you to how they're thinking about the meta, how they're thinking about what is strong, what is weak, 
but also how they're flying their ships. In what way are they utilizing control? In what way are they utilizing projection? Things like that. But I am super hyped. And some teams I want to talk about besides Mercenary Coalition, TBC, we haven't scrimmed with them yet. Probably for the better because they're our first matchup, first weekend of the tournament. From what I've seen of them, from what I'm hearing from results of scrims, I'm fairly confident. I think MC will pull out a buck standard on Metacomp and we'll beat them. We'll probably drop a ship or two, you know, that happens, but I'm not too concerned unless we just all boundary or have connection issues or nerves get to some of our newer pilots. So yeah, that's their TBC. Come at me, bro. In other news, All right. Pandemic Legion has been in the news lately, uh, as far as tournaments are concerned. A lot of speculation going around. They've been saying quite vocally that they lost a lot of their core to Hydra and other places. Of course, this being PL, the team who doesn't necessarily rely on pilot skill, but more on how much effort and how tryhardy they are as far as working through the meta, playing mind games, winning the match before it happens with fans. You never know if they're just sort of sandbagging you to try and make you underestimate them. Because in the Alliance tournament, underestimating a team, not bringing your best foot forward, maybe keeping some comps in your pocket that are stronger, but you want to hide them for later on, that's something that quite a few teams do. And if you do that to a team, you underestimate them, they can show you up and end your tournament run right then and there. Absolutely. So, We'll see if it turns out that PL is really as struggling as they seem to want everyone to believe. Another team which I'm honestly curious if they'll live up to the hype is Hydra. Apparently they've gained a lot of pilots, a lot of skill, a lot of talent, and a lot of know-how from other teams. And of course they had the core back before they were banned from the tournament for collusion. I'm curious if they'll work out. I've only been in the tournament for two years with MC, but we've been building teams that entire time, and if I've learned anything, it's that a lot of your performance comes... Sure, there's this base level of mechanical skill of do you have the right comps, do you have the right fittings, do you understand how those comps work, but then there's a matter of teamwork and communication. Right? Are your dudes toxic? Are your comms cluttered? Can you understand how to prioritize targets based on who is threatening various key members of your core? And with newer teams, that communication, that teamwork won't necessarily be there. And I'm slightly concerned when you've got people who are the best of the best, Chessarian high-tier teams, those players, maybe they're going to be a bit toxic. Maybe their teamwork isn't going to be the best, and that could be their downfall. So I am not uh, subscribing to the hype train that everybody else has apparently hopped onto for Hydra. Um, I mean, I think those are valid points, but I would also counter with Hydra being consistently one of the best teams. I think they have a lot of institutional knowledge at how to deal with all of those things. And they'll also have some time to warm up. Um, you know, it's not as if they're going to be going up against the knockout rounds straight away. If there are any communication kinks, they'll have an opportunity to right that ship before they run into a team which poses a serious elimination threat to them. So, I don't think it's that dire for them. Um, and it's also worth pointing out that Hydra, like, 
being accused of collusion and getting removed for it was always kind of a sick joke. In that Hydra was always good enough to win the tournament without any of that stuff. They didn't really need to do it. And the fact that they had done it twice was just like, why, guys? You know you, you've won the tournament before without this. You know you can do it. Like, what the, what the hell, you know? They're good. They're very good. Um, if it's true that PL feels like they some of their best moved over to Hydra. You know, I think that's another another element that could put them above not just because of of Hydra, but because it also weakens PL as a direct challenger to Hydra. You know, how much of their understanding of the way PL's team is working got moved over. I think it's a a valid concern for them. Yeah. That's a that's a fair counterpoint. And you mentioned counters to Hydra, PL being one of them. I mean, obviously Tuskers is going to be the other. They did win last year's tournament after all. They've had strong showings in all the tournaments prior to that that they've participated in, just consistently improving, getting stronger. And now they've got some access to some AT ships, which are looking to be very powerful in this year's meta, at least according to what we saw in the feeder tournaments, if things stay relatively similar. So... Obviously, they're a big contender. A lot of people... It's a big moment for Tuskers. Because people saw them as a real dark horse last year. Now they're coming into the tournament as the defending champions. It's a whole new dynamic for them. Are they going to go out there and, you know, silence critics? That, you know, that they're a, a fluke? Or that teams underestimated them and kind of slept on them? And that's why they maybe they won? Or are they going to go out there and say, hey, this... This is the beginning of a legacy for us. Mm-hmm. We are going to be tournament specialists. We're like, you know, don't leave us out of Hydra, Pandemic Legion. Like, we belong in that conversation all the time. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Dark Horses because the feeders, the new style of how teams get into this tournament means that there are quite a few teams all sort of vying for that slot of the dark horse, the hype team, the team who you sort of know that they're probably good, but you're not quite sure how good kind of thing. And uh, of note that I'm not really sold on how great they are. I'm just going to say at Exodus, I flew against their at least some of their team in the Even T Cup and in the minor league, and I wasn't impressed. They're good, but I don't think they're great. I don't think that they are going to be blowing the wheels off of anybody, making it to Final Four, and going up toe-to-toe with Tuskers, PL, Hydra, and winning, at least on a consistent basis. Maybe they'll Shots fired. Them, but I don't think they're that good. Sorry, fam. One team I do think is that good, though, and that may have been going under the radar and maybe sneaking into that teams that are underestimated and therefore have an advantage is Volta. They also had a lot of pilots who were spread throughout various uh, eventy teams. They've been getting their practice in. Of course, their style of fighting on TQ is great at keeping up the mechanics that are required, the communication that's required for operating within the tournament. They've got the pedigree, the institutional knowledge, as you put it, so that they've got that those comps, those cores, they understand how the meta may develop. I, on my books, they're the dark horse that I'm looking at. If I were to peg a single team, Volta is my dark horse. Alrighty. 
I would love to hear what you guys think. Uh, if you have any teams that you're really rooting for this year, teams who you think people are underestimating or overestimating, I would love to get some emails about that and read them on one of the upcoming shows. Expect to hear a lot more Alliance Tournament coverage on Declarations of War as the contest continues. Time for some host highlights. I had a pretty great Spectre Roam yesterday. I hadn't gone to one in a, in literal years. Um, and frankly, the, the reason why is because the one that I had went to prior was not good. It was, uh, I think, like a gank room or something like that. Just, it was disorganized, um, kind of aimless. The ships you we were flying were not that fun. The SC didn't really seem like they knew what they were doing. No one was really buying into what was going on. It took a long time to leave. When it left, it really didn't go anywhere, do anything fun or important. And I think the FC suicided us like 30 or 45 minutes in or something. I was I was pretty over it. Wow. <laughs> left a bad taste in my mouth for these uh, NPSI-type fleets. So I just hadn't... I hadn't gone back in. Obviously, I keep in touch with Jane, who's one of the leaders of Spectre. He's a really great guy, excellent CSM. Um, and I, you know, respect what they do, enjoy it. I've watched some of the videos, but, you know, I, you know, the jump from that to, like, actually putting it down on my calendar and making sure I could be there was like, eh, do I really want to put my time into it? But I got the bug, and so I went and checked it out again. And man, uh, Jack Carrigan ran a great fleet. Um, fortunately, we got our butts kicked a whole bunch. <laughs> but he maintained his composure. The fleet was very well organized, had a lot of direction. The comms from everybody else were a little sloppy, but he put his foot down along with some help from the other folks in the fleet that seemed like regulars to the uh, to this kind of event. And they sort of educated all the new folks coming in about how they needed to behave. And everyone, once the fighting got started and things got moving, they were all pretty chill. Um, we got some good kills, we got a couple great fights, we couldn't really break anything due to the low DPS of the fleet. We were all on basically destroyers and frigates, uh, a couple cruisers, but nothing nothing real threatening to like a, a capital ship or anything like that. And that's wound up being what we faced a whole bunch of. Uh, Low-sec alliances getting themselves into trouble with their gate camps or station camps and bailing them out with a well-timed fax drop. Oof. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're having a great fight. We might get a kill. All oh, this is... Go. Oh, sign up facts. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see if we can break the facts. No, we can't break the facts tank. Okay, I guess we're warping away now. Kind of deflationary. Uh, but we did catch a couple nice kills as well. And uh, just overall, a great experience. Uh, definitely going to keep an eye out for Jack's fleets in the future and see if I can make a few more. Right on. My highlight was actually not in-game, it was on Reddit. Enjoying the the post-Pravi Keepstar death memes. The, the speculation ran rampant, and apparently the Reddit narrative is somewhat off-base from the truth, but not that far off-base. My favorite in particular is... I forget what the original source of the meme is. It's some... Hispanic TV show with this fantastic guy who's just got great <laughs> charisma. Yes, that is on point. Wow. 
<laughs> I've seen it several times. Indeed. And they're just captions over this guy's rambling and fantastic cackle is the best word that I have for it. And it was amazing. I didn't understand the story. I didn't know what was going on. But the narrative that was spun in this particular one, it's just captivating. And yeah, Reddit, the, uh, <laughs> the jokes, the memes, fantastic. I enjoyed it. It made my week, even though I was completely not logging into TQ to participate whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I was not able to log into TQ as much as I'd hoped the past week or two, but more for work reasons rather than something awesome like practicing for the Alliance tournament. But I'm trying to make up for it over this 4th of July weekend. Trying to get my game on. Ooh, anything to look forward to? Any Spectre fleets you'll be joining? So I joined Spectre. I was going to join uh, Redemption Road Room this morning, but I got I just ran out of time. Mm. Uh, I was planning for our podcast to start on time. I was like, oh, I shouldn't get into a fleet now. Wound <laughs> up that I probably would have had time to go out and come back. Uh, but I'm I'm in their channel now. I'm going to take a look and see if there's another one that I can hop on between now and Wednesday. And then there's the, the fight in Great Wildlands Monday night. Should be a lot of fun. Assuming people show up for it. Oh, even if That's the thing with these kind like... of fights. You know, wind up being like a big defense fleet and nothing to shoot at. Which would be really unfortunate. Yeah, fair enough. We'll see. We'll see. I, somehow I have a feeling that's not going to happen. I mean, it's it's the last Hordazar. You can't just, like, leave it there. Exactly, and they've had so many successful dunks on these uh, type structures before, like, I think they'll probably feel like they can kill it no matter what's on the field. So hopefully that turns into an interesting fight. Now, worst case scenario, it's only like, what, a half hour trip there and a half hour back? We'll probably find something to shoot on the way, even. Yeah, I could. And there's a lot of low sec between here and there, so... Check out some belts on the way home, you know. Tackle a rourke like you do. Yeah, exactly. Tackle a mining barge and then recruit them into the corp afterward. It's a way to do it. Apparently. Alright, let's get into some region descriptions. First up, we have Oasa. These are our Oasa. final region descriptions, by the way. We've gone through them all. Today will be the last day as we go through the best of the drone regions. Ooh, the best. Getting hyped for some region descriptions. Oasa, Oasa, however you prefer. They represent a certain savagery, an untamed wild, something to fear, in an era where we thought to have exterminated all dangers to ourselves but ourselves. Professor Blondow, Master of Philosophy, University of Kale. Khalil? Kale. I always said Khalil. Is there an I between the two L's? I, I think the I is before the two L's. Yeah, that is. Kale? I don't know. Let us know, podcast listeners. <laughs> and on to Outer Passage. It's as if an ancestor, or an anteater has stumbled upon a particularly juicy nest of ants. The ants try to fight back, to bite and sting, but the anteater has long evolved to ignore them. He doesn't even feel them. He just knows they are food. 
he'll gorge himself, then wander off to sleep. The ants do not mourn, they have no time for it. They merely rebuild, in the hope that the anteater will stay away, all the while knowing its return is inevitable. The Travels of Jermon Perouche so are the drones or the capsuleers the anteater or the ants in this scenario? Hmm, good question. Good question. I'll be doing Peregrine Falls. Zero one zero zero one zero zero one zero one 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 zero one zero zero one one zero zero one zero one zero one 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 zero zero one zero zero one one zero 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 one zero one 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 zero one zero zero one one zero one zero one zero one 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 zero 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 <laughs> it goes on like that for some time. And finally, the spire. The spire. Oh God, the spire. Warn everyone. Warn your brothers, your sisters. Warn your parents and your friends. Oh no. No, warn God. Does he know? Warn him. The spire. You must warn him! Okay. I didn't know the spire was a thing. I thought it was just a place. The Brownstone Spire. All my other Night Vale fans? I I wonder if the spire is like a physical location in there. We probably would have heard about it by now. Yeah. It, whenever I hear the spire, I think of the the drifter, the big tall drifter thingies that decloaked back when mm. Carolina Star was a thing and the drifter lore was coming out. That's what I think of. Spire's a neat region. I would love for there to be little, like with all the the. Ever since we start reading the lore about the drone regions, it seems like they should be much more intimidating than they are in practice. <laughs> <laughs> drones seem super weak, and the regions seem much less interesting than they probably should be. Like, with all these drones around, shouldn't there be, like, abandoned drone nests that are, like, physical places you can warp to? I mean... I don't know. Drone rogue swarm event, maybe, kinda, sorta, temporarily. Yeah, of kinda. Of but maybe there it's all the time. Hmm. I do love the structures. The structures are fantastic. Alright. That's it, guys. Head to declarationsofwar.com to participate in a show poll. We'll put up a poll after every episode. You can tell us your thoughts. Leave a comment on the episode as well. Love to hear from you. Send us your predictions about the Alliance Tournament. Who's overrated? Who's underrated? Who's your pick to win? Comment on the show. show up because they're just that bad. <laughs> comment on the show. Send it to us on Twitter. Email me. Whatever is the best way for you. Contact the show. You could hear your comment read right on the air. Capitalist Army is recruiting. 
As we roll down to great violence for this fight, we could use a few more good capitalists. Join Capitalist Chat in-game for more info. Two words, Capitalist Chat. And wherever you are, good hunting, listeners.